This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to the season premiere of the PowerCat Post Game Podcast, brought to you by Caddy Shack Golf. Remember, folks, Caddy Shack Golf, where it's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyShackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing willy apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Tim Fitzgerald joined by the old offensive lineman, Brian Hanley. Fresh back from Manhattan, Kansas. Brian, you got to come to the stadium. You got to see your pal Darren Howard go into the ring of honor. How cool was it? And man, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, I've, I've never been to a, you know, I know they don't do them every year, induct people into the Ring of Honor, so I'd never seen one live, and I just thought they did a tremendous job. I mean, Darren was my roommate. We're still best buds, you know, 25-plus years later. It was just, it was incredible. Couldn't have been happier. Yeah, pretty amazing. And I got to talk to him briefly on Friday at the media thing. It was good to see him. Um, man, it a bunch. Uh, what a great group of guys to go in. What an amazing yeah. group of players going all the way back to Larry Brown, the running back, and more current all the way through Colin Klein and Tyler Lockett and what Arthur Brown was in there and L. Roberson and Darren. It was it, what an incredible group. And and there's still Absolutely. more that need to go in. It's it's amazing. Yep, I love it. I absolutely loved it. Well, let's get going here. You got to see this one firsthand. It's kind of funny. Sometimes we have to wait for my travel to get back to do this. This time we had to wait for your travel uh, <laughs> to get back. But you did make it home to Texas. Um, I did. And, and just give me your overall thoughts. Kansas State beats South Dakota 34-0. The Cats are out to 1-0 and on the season. We expected them to win. We expected them to win kind of handily. Uh, and they did that. But it also wasn't a perf- perfect performance. There was some hiccups along the way. No turn. Turnovers, none of that. It just there wasn't as much polish, maybe as we expected. But give me your thoughts. Well, I mean, it's kind of what you said. I mean, the defense kind of did its thing, kind of what we thought they were going to do. They did its thing. The offense, I mean, it, it was good. You know, I think it was a lot of early season jitters, maybe you know, dealing with a little bit of expectations that we're supposed to be this. There, there was some of that you could see. Um, wasn't what you said. It wasn't super polished. You know, um, there were things that we have to clean up. 
I, I feel like it's a broken record that we've been saying this for three years now. We have to get better in the passing game. Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, to be able to do the things that we're wanting to do. A lot of that was, you know, first game, we're playing pretty vanilla. It is what it is. So it, people got to kind of overlook that stuff. But I think that we're going to be, you know, I, I, I just, I thought it was a great performance. Uh, I, I shouldn't say great. I thought it was a good performance. Let me say that. It was a good yeah. performance. Get that first game out. We got a better game coming up this week, uh, a bigger game, a much tougher game. So I think it was good to get that out of the way. Well, in post game, Adrian Martinez mentioned that one, they didn't have a lot of deep throwing in the game plan. They didn't really want to put that out there. And also, South Dakota was, you know, really playing for the deep ball. They didn't want to get burned. And Correct. so they just dumped it underneath constantly. But I think what happened, this is my theory and my theory alone. They got the quick touchdown, one play score off the Malik Knowles jet sweep. Then they get the block punt, and they're up 14 to nothing. And it's pretty clear at the very get-go of this game, South Dakota didn't come with their A game. That's a good team for the FCS level, and they did not look like that on Saturday. They had a lot of drop passes. They just they looked ragged at times. Their defense played pretty well, though. But at other, offensively, they just weren't effective. So... I think we knew at 14 nothing this was not going to be a close game. It'd be a, the matter of margin defeat. And I almost right. sensed that Colin Klein went into Bill Snyder mode. Like, okay, we don't need to put anything out there. We don't need to show Missouri a damn thing. And this was interesting. Coach Kleiman said in the postgame press conference, this is an entirely new playbook. So they oh. they are not into anything. Well, I'm sure there's some overlaps, but this was a right. new playbook. They have all new stuff to display, and we didn't see much new stuff. So I am no. going to be greatly entertained to see what we uh, can, what they want to put on the field against Missouri next Saturday. But I'll say this: Adrian Martinez made no mistakes. He was 11 of 15 completions, um, and there was a couple drops in there, and. Uh, it was all underneath stuff, with one exception of a deep throw to to uh, Philip Brooks that was a little bit off target. Phil could have made the catch, maybe, but a little bit off target. They they threw everything underneath, and Adrian looked like a guy who's never had a had pass protection that he could rely on. He just didn't look comfortable. Correct. He looked like he wanted out of there all the time because he's so used to running. But then he had that voice and said, "No, I got to stay here." You could see him processing too much information, which you can't do as a quarterback. And it just no. it just didn't look good. But I think he's going to be fine. I'm really anxious to see what he looks like against a better opponent with more of his playbook at hand. Well, I think it's just what you said. With more plays in the repertoire to be able to attack, you know, uh, somebody else. And, and also, another thing, Fitz, that we have to remember, these are still kids – complacency sets in especially that quick out of the gate you know we can drill and we can drill but when you get up that quick that early that easy it's pretty easy for kids to put it in the tank right you know what i mean i mean and i'm not saying that they uh, that they didn't they took them lightly i'm just saying when you get up that quick that early against a team that you're supposed to manhandle it's easy to say okay i'm gonna go through the motions and it looked like a lot of it, we're just going through the motions. We're better than you. We're going to just kind of work on stuff, do what we do, which you could kind of go back and say that these games are for that technically. But, you know, that's what it looked like to me. Just from the outside looking in, it just looked like, hey, we're up. Let's not get hurt. 
let's let's work on the stuff that we need to work on and let's just get out of here and that's kind of what it looked like you're right about martinez he held the ball an awful long time sometimes and just what you said just trying to process everything and i think he'll be much better next week when it's just look this is what we're doing this is where we're going and I, I just think it'll be a totally different game plan. And plus, it's hard to get a rhythm when you're playing that many guys. K-State played right. more than 60 guys. They put a lot of guys on the field. They they wanted to do that. They have some young guys they wanted to see. They wanted to put them in positions. They had some guys missing, honestly, that we expect to be back for Missouri. Um, and, you know, when you're shuffling guys in and out, it's hard to keep a rhythm, isn't it? Correct. Absolutely. I mean, and that goes for anything, but especially in football. I mean, you got to be able to just go over and over just rep after rep after rep with, you know, to get momentum, you know, to get a feel for the game. And when you're shuffling in and out, it's not that guys aren't ready to play or anything. It just makes it tougher for you. That's all. Okay, let's go to your area of expertise, the offensive line, which I thought was pretty good. The downside is um, one of the things I was really looking forward to this season was the return of Taylor Portier, and it it lasted about, um, I think it was a six series when he went down. Yeah, We don't think it's good. It was actually the other knee um, than what he rehabbed for a full year. Um, we will find out probably from Chris Kleiman on Tuesday if it's season ending. I fear it was. Um, just awful. I can't believe the misfortune of this kid. Maybe he's got defective knees, but that is just awful to see a kid. And I tell you what, Brian, when he walked in the media room this week, I'm like, Oh, he is, he is thick. He's put together. He's not fat at all. He's just, he's a rock. And and to see him go down, you could see the anguish on the faces of his coaches as Kleiman and, and Connor Riley were both out on the field with him. But, um, overall, give me your assessment of the offensive line. I thought they played well. I mean, there was there was a miss on a, you know, kind of a little game that got the quarterback destroyed one time early in the game, which that concerned me for a minute. Yeah. But I think that was more of offensive linemen. Trust me, I've been there. You get complacent. Uh, it's just what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a game that you're dominating, and all it takes is not moving your feet just a, a half inch. And somebody gets by you that should never get by you. But for overall, I mean, they kind of pushed them around like they should have just kind of manhandled them. I I think they did well. Look, the line is the key. It's always the key this year. I think more than ever, because we have the, the weapons to be able to attack. I think we have the offensive game plan to be able to attack uh, so the the line did what it was supposed to do in this game. Um, honestly, I'm looking forward to it being even better next game because I just yeah. think we're going to be doing so much more that the the dominance of the offensive line and what they can do will be on full display next week. Yeah, KT Levinson got his eyes in the wrong place and went to help on the inside because he had no one in yep. front of him and missed the linebacker on a delayed blitz that just had an open pathway to Adrian Martinez, and it, it didn't work out well for the Cats. But overall, I thought KT played pretty well. He is a different player. He is more athletic. He has lost weight. He has more explosion and pop to him. I'm, I'm encouraged by it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm encouraged by all of it. And like I said, it, it, and it's one of those things where he saw it late, but he didn't move his feet because if you move your feet and pass the guy to the inside – the very first thing that you are taught 
is to look outside because as a, a tackle, there's never going to be a time where nobody's outside. That's yeah. just not going to happen. And you, when you get complacent like that, you just don't pay attention and it is what it is. So, but for overall, the line is fine. I'm not worried about the line. No. I'm literally not worried about the offensive line. That's just not what I worry about. So if you want to, if you want to see a textbook blocking scheme, go to the first play of the game for K state, the line did yeah. it. The receivers did it. Deuce Vaughn blew up a guy and Malik Knowles just did the rest with speed that was a beautifully designed and executed play, which makes me very hopeful there's going to be more of that in the playbook for next week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just right out of the shoot. I mean, couldn't believe it, but couldn't have been more overjoyed. It's just, hey, this is what we do. And again, if we're going to play like that and be physical like that and come out and just hit people right in the mouth like that, I mean, the offense, I mean, it's just it's open season on what we're going to be able to do this year. I'm super excited. Deuce Vaughn, 18 carries, 126 yards. Of course, leading the Cats that had uh, the team had 297 rushing yards on on 45 carries, average more than six a pop. That's pretty darn good. Adrian Martinez throwing the ball, 11 of 15, 53 yards. His long completion was 10. He was sacked three times. Jake Rubley came in and was with four or four, 42 yards. I thought Jake Rubley looked pretty damn good. He did. He sure did. Uh, I mean, if this is the backup, he looked okay to me. Yep. You know, I, I, I like, I like what I see. I like what I see again, the opponent's the opponent. So all you can do is go out there and play your best against who you're playing against. I thought the kid did well. Yep, absolutely. It, it was interesting. Cause I asked coach Kleiman at uh, Tuesday's press conference, what is his, how is he going to handle this quarterback thing? Because he wants to get the red shirt on Will Howard. And he said, well, if a helmet pops off, Jake Rubley will go in. And obviously, this was, you know, the same kind of thing. They wanted to bring in the backup. And as long as they don't really need him, they get four games to play him. They want to get that red shirt on Will Howard. Jake Rubley is going to be the backup. But I got to tell you, when you see a kid come in and his first opportunity to play and he looks like that, you think, well, we might be okay even if we can't play Will Howard much this season. That's correct. That's exactly right. And, you know, it, it, to me, you, the, the backup quarterback coming in in, his situ, in this situation, the first game right out of the shoot that he's been in, you know, in this kind of situation, I just – I thought he played well. I think we'll be okay. Um, but, you know, if he does have to play, I just believe the other offensive weapons that we have – are going to help him tremendously. We're just better. We're just better fits. I, I know I keep saying that and I've said it over and over, but we're just better than what we were. And that's going to help everybody. Absolutely. It will. The passing game, they spread the ball around really well. They had 19 targets um, in the game. Malik Knowles was three and Cade Warner four. Phillips Brooks had that one deep ball. And the rest were, well, I guess R.G. Garcia had one as the freshman came in. They had, what, six targets to tight ends and uh, one to a fullback and three to running backs. They spread it all over the field. And I think when they get into a game and they throw it more, that will continue, although I think they'll go deep a little bit more. But 
that was fun to watch. Just everyone was in pattern and, and you know me, I love throwing to the tight end and, and they did that Correct. with some effect in the game. Uh, I'm, I'm still, you know, I was really anxious and eager to see what the Colin Klein playbook was like. And I sit here and it's like, I got taken to the ice cream store and I got a single scoop of vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want more, Dad. I want more. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like really, really excited to see this. But the little flirtations we saw with the passing game, I like how they're going to spread it around and spread the field with the throwing game. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, that's what we've always wanted. Spread it around. Throw it to the tight end. We'll go down the field more coming up this week. Is just what you said. It was just super, super vanilla. But, you know, uh, at first game, we just got to do what we got to do. Try to get out of there. Work on stuff that you need to work on. You know, I, I, I like, like I said, I, I know at the beginning I said we have to work on the passing game. I, I'm greedy. I like to throw the ball down the yeah. field, you know, and like to see that. But that's this just wasn't the game for that. It just wasn't the game to be challenging guys down the field. And also, what you said, they weren't going to let us get over top of them and get behind them. They wanted to keep everything in front of them, which is fine, which is fine. And that's what we did. Um, but it'll be different next week because, you know, they'll, they'll bring tons of pressure from time to time. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm excited, though. I am, too. Um, I'm looking at the tackle chart now for the Wildcats. Pretty impressive list here. I think there's roughly 30 guys on it. And, of course, that includes special teams. The the top leading tackler for K-State was linebacker Austin Moore at five. And true freshman linebacker Jake Clifton came in in relief with four. Um, and they had four sacks. Of course, Felix Anyudike Uzama had one. Eli Huggins had a really impressive one. You want to you want to double team uh, King Felix? Well, you, that means you're leaving Eli in the middle all alone, and he threw a swim move at that poor center who's still looking for his jockstrap. Um, Jalen Pickle and Brendan Mott in his first real action came in and had a impactful sack for the Wildcats. Another defensive end. I, they played a ton of guys on defense. They even had some absences. Josh Hayes was out. So was Sean Robinson and linebacker. They're both expected back. And um, I, I wish they'd gotten action because they're both new to the defense as Division One transfers. But they're also both playing new positions, which is rather unique. Hayes moves from corner right. to safety. Robinson moves from safety to linebacker. But overall, the defense performed well. Um, South Dakota moved the ball some, some, but overall, I thought the defense looked really good. Yeah, I, I did too. Uh, you know, we flew around. We played physical. Uh, it's like you said, we played a lot of guys, got a lot of guys' experience. Um, it, it was a typical first game uh, against an inferior opponent that you're supposed to beat, and the defense did what it was supposed to do. Now, we've seen things be different in some of these games where teams scoring points, moving the ball, uh, making us, you know, pull all our hair out with the hair that I don't have anymore. Uh, but this was different. And, and again, it's just different. We're just better. We're just better. I, I, as the first game goes, besides the, the one devastating injury to the offensive line, um, I think it was just a clean game to, to do what we needed to do. I liked it. Very physical play by a couple guys on defense, most notably Kobe Savage, one of the new safeties. Um, he, he's he got anger issues. 
He's 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 gonna hurt someone. <laughs> Kobe's a great guy. I ask him, I flat out ask him, so do you like to hit? And he goes, Yeah, it's my favorite thing. Um and the other guy that was laying some lumber was Julius Brents, who was not yeah. physical last year. So uh yeah, that is a huge step for him. And really honestly, that was the one thing that he needed to add to his game to be NFL ready, and it looks like he came prepared to be more physical in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean that's what we're going to need. We're just going to need, you know, physical from everybody. But in those positions, you know, defensive back positions, we're just going to need guys to be more physical. Uh, and, you know, cause that's how you win at the major college football level. That's how you win at Big 12 level. Yeah. I mean, you look at the tough defenses, you know, they got secondary guys that will lay you out. And that's what we just, we literally, you have to have it. You have to have it. And I think K-State's got that. Absolutely. That's it for the first half of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golfware. Make sure you check out everything at Caddyshack Golf. And on the other side of this break, we'll hear briefly from Adrian Martinez. And coming out of the break, we will at least. And then we will continue our dissection of this game and peek ahead to the Cats and Tigers. So much was made of the backyard brawl. West Virginia and Pitt renewing a rivalry after 11 years. It's a better rivalry. Well, it's been 11 years for the Cats and Tigers. Maybe not as bitter, but these two schools have never really liked each other. And it all begins again on Saturday at the Bill. We'll be right back. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Yeah, you know, it was a great team win. Um, special teams did a really good job. Defense did a really good job. And, uh, you know, you'd always prefer, prefer to learn after a win instead of a loss. So feel really good about that and, and just know that we could be a lot better. How comfortable were you? I felt really good, you know, first experience in the bill, um, you know, just taking what they gave us. I think they were um, not really wanting us to take deep shots and kind of playing off a lot, and our run game was working really well. And, um, you know, you got to always kind of stay patient and take what they give you. How's the shoulder feel after taking a few live shots today? Good. Feel really good. You know, that's why I was a little late up here. I was in the cold tub trying to get the body right. Um, but, 
again, felt good to get a hit. You don't really experience that in the offseason as a quarterback, so uh, feeling really good. How much from downfield? After Malik goes 75 on the first play, and uh, you have a playmaker making a big one for you. Yeah, I mean, it's a great tone setter, right? And I think you got the crowd going, and it got our team going, and we were ready to play anyways, but um, having that one pop off the way it did was definitely a big help. 50,000 in that crowd. What was playing in front of Bill Snyder Family Stadium like? Uh, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, you know, a new home for me. And, uh, you know, that first third down, it kind of took me by surprise how loud they were. So I was excited about that. And, you know, my first touchdown as well. I had the, the ref had to warn me not to <laughs> high-five the crowd, which I should have known better. But, you know, <laughs> um, good experience. And welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. We're sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. As I mentioned, going into the break, that was Adrian Martinez, the new quarterback at Kansas State, talking about his performance and how things went on the field against South Dakota. Before we bring back in Brian Hanley, our football analyst, offensive lineman on the 97-98 K-State teams. Real quick, though, let's hear from Chris Kleiman about how he thought Adrian played in the game. I thought he handled everything really well. Um, you know, for the first time, you guys are smart enough to know, we changed a lot of things offensively. I mean, we were not what you saw last year or even some in the bowl. I mean, we were tempo most of the time. And I thought our operation was really good. I thought Adrian did a great job with the operational stuff. Um, obviously, uh, we probably um, missed a couple of chances. Uh, sometimes there was uh, protection issues. Sometimes maybe we just um, uh, didn't locate a receiver. But I, I thought he played really well, and I thought he played within himself. And, you know, uh, the one thing is we didn't turn the football over. And you don't turn the football over and you block a punt and rush the ball for 297 yards, good things are going to happen. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf for K-Staters, by K-Staters. Jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories. Caddyshack Golf, where it's caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And one more reminder, folks. We're having an incredible special at GoPowerCat.com right now. 75% off an annual subscription to become a VIP member, get all access to everything we do. I know you listen to the podcast. Obviously, you're here. You probably watch the daily deliveries, and you probably read some of our free content. But the best stuff is always behind the paywall. A lot of the recruiting, behind the paywall. A lot of the team analysis, behind the paywall. You will get team coverage and recruiting coverage unlike you'll get anywhere else from the Go Powercat team. Please consider joining us and also join an incredible community of K-State fans that support each other. They have animated discussions sometimes about K-State sports, but they're always respectful. If you want more from your K-State community, your message board community, come on over to GoPowerCat.com. 75% off an annual subscription right now. It's a limited time, so don't mess around. Head to GPC, GoPowerCat.com. Click the green join button, and it'll help you do the rest. And now let's bring back in Brian Hanley, our football analyst at GoPowerCat. Brian, next week, Everything gets ramped up. I mean, K-State, Missouri, these programs are going to go after each other. There's a little undertow between the two schools. I love it. Man, 11 a.m., Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's on ESPN2, so it'll be a national telecast. Tell me, you played Missouri a couple times. What are your thoughts? What are your memories of playing the Tigers? Well, I mean, the first year, 97, they weren't any good. 
So, and we were just kind of finding ourselves. We had just gotten our heads beaten in by Nebraska the week before. And I remember the whole message was don't let last week beat you this week. That was the entire, I remember it like yesterday. Uh, that was the first time that anybody had ever said that to me before. Um, and that's what coach Snyder said. Don't let last week beat you this week. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. We can't change what happened to us. So the only thing that we can do is move forward. And it, we were all focused. Um, at the Bishop ran for, I can't remember how many yards. It was like a K-State record. And I, I remember we just ran over them. The second year, Missouri was good. They, they were good. Uh, we went there. It was, I mean, it was a trap game of all trap games. I mean, we hadn't beaten Nebraska in 29 years. We beat them. Then we have to go to Missouri, a good Missouri team, the very next week. I mean, we were better than they were, but we didn't necessarily play better. But I remember the atmosphere was electric. And you're right. They didn't like us. We didn't like them. Um, but it was more of a jealousy thing, to be honest with you, because at the time we would just pick all the best guys out of Kansas City and St. Louis, and those guys would go to K-State. Yeah. And so it was just a, a jealousy thing that Mizzou was upset that we would do it, but it's, you know, it is what it is. But the rivalry was there. It, it was definitely there. You, you could feel it, especially in 98. You could feel that rivalry. Um, but I love playing in the game. I absolutely love it. It was great. What does Kansas State need to um, accomplish on the offensive side of the ball to make Brian Hanley happy uh, against the Tigers? Well, I, I, I'm going to say it every single week. Got to control the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. uh, Got to control the line of scrimmage. If you do, good things will happen. You know, so if you control the line of scrimmage, you start there. The next, don't turn the football over and take your shots down the field because we're going to be able to move it from here and there, but we got to take our shots down the field. And I don't mean, and I know when some people think, Oh, you take your shots, mean it has to be 40 or 50 yards down the field. No, 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 no. 15, 20 yards down the field. Just take your shots, you know, 20 yard outs, 20 yard digs. You got to be able to, to complete those passes or even seams, you know, steam routes to tight ends. You just have to take your shots to loosen up the things because teams are going to play the run against us. That's just going to happen. They're going to make us throw the ball to beat them. And I think we have everything capable to be able to do that. And I would like to see us do it early. And then that way we can just mow them over in the second half and say, hey, you've got nothing for it. Right. That's what would make me happy. How concerned are you about Adrian Martinez? I don't know that I'm concerned I just didn't see a lot on Saturday to make me say, oh, okay, everything's fine. I, I didn't see that. So I don't want to say that I'm concerned and get a bunch of people worried or be Debbie Downer. I just didn't see a lot. Now, 90% of that was by design. I mean, clearly it was. But we, we got to – I think you can't hold on to the football like that. And you can't tell me that we were all covered – all the time on the time where he was holding on to the football. You'll never be able to convince me of that, that guys were just covered. You just got to go through the reads, throw the football, get it out of your hand. And it might take a game or two for him to understand, hey, there's not somebody running free at me as soon as I get the ball in my hand. Right. Like it happened in Nebraska. I mean, I mean, and that took years of, of happening 
And for that to, I mean, so for us to to want it to be out of his system immediately might be a little unrealistic, but he's going to have to do that for us to get to where we want to go. Okay. Defensively, what do you want to see from the Cats against the Tigers? Uh, physical. Physical football. Uh, because I saw a little bit of what they do, or what they showed the other day. I'm sure they've got a lot of other stuff, but they want to run it too. You know, they got that running back that, you know, the five-star running back that they want to get the ball in his hands any way possible. Well, we've got to be able to match that. Again, control the line of scrimmage and just hit them. Just hit them and hit them. I want to see us running around, just playing extremely fast, run to the football. But if they make a catch, hit the guys. If they get a run, hit the guys and tackle, tackle, tackle. Got to tackle. Yeah. You know, in this modern era of football and the way the NCAA mandates, the way you have to practice, you don't tackle a lot in practice. No. It's troublesome to me. I mean, how do you go out and do it in a game when you're not allowed to do it in practice? It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It's absolutely insane. Uh, I get the trying to protect people, but you have to be able to learn to tackle you got to be able to tackle. And to be honest, some of it, the non-tackling comes from this crazy, you know, targeting rule. Right. Because guys just want to launch versus wrapping up because you can't practice tackling. I mean, and so guys just launch. Even though I think, I mean, we could go on forever, and we have before with this targeting rule. I mean, it's the most insane rule in the history of college football, in my opinion. Um, but that's what it is. When you don't practice it, you develop bad habits. Well, bad habits turn into missed tackles in on Saturday football. That's just literally the way that it goes. And that goes for any level of football. But, but tackling is always seems to be last that you do on defense. It's always the last thing that people do, whether it's hand placement, foot, run to the football. Tackling's always last. And to me, tackling is the most important thing on defense. I agree. So it's crazy. I saw a targeting ejection this weekend on an offensive lineman after an interception. He had to run over and try to make a tackle on a defender with the ball. He ducked his head but tried to lead with his shoulder and clipped him with his helmet, and they ejected him. Yep. And I'm like, this kid probably hasn't tackled anyone since high school football. What are we doing here? This just isn't any fair. I don't know. I saw even a, a one that was even worse in the uh, Penn State-Purdue game. It was a ball that you thought could have been behind the line of scrimmage, and the whistle, of course, didn't blow. The guy goes over to, to jump, dive on the ball. He leads with the shoulder. Their heads hit, but he didn't dive at him. He didn't, you know, he wasn't leading with his head. But I'm like, look, that's why you have on a helmet, because if they do hit – Things are protected. I'm like, if you don't want people head to hit, if you don't want that to happen, then take the helmets off of people. Right. And I go, and I go, but then what kind of football do you have? Right. I'm like, it, that's. I mean, it's going to happen. Heads are going to hit. That's just what happens. It's football. It's just. It's starting to get outrageous. You would think they would change the rule, like they said they did. But first weekend, they hadn't changed anything. Yeah, they they've got to get back to intent a little bit. If you you know, I mean, if you're taking a cheap shot, that's one thing. But if you're just making a play live action and helmets collide with people moving their target, 
you know, what they're trying to hit. I, I don't know how I'm just so frustrated. Exactly. So it's frustrated crazy. football. Special teams. We didn't touch on it in this game from the South Dakota game. Chris Tennant, the place kicker, some problems, missed a field goal, missed an extra point. Um, but the other special teams are pretty good. We didn't see much from the return game because South Dakota did a good job negating that with with how they kicked the ball. Uh, but they did get the block punt. They could have maybe had a couple others. Seth Porter was right there on about three punts and only got one of them. Give me your overall thoughts on the special teams and, and how important is that, as always, for Kansas State? Always important for Kansas State. I mean – until somebody it, it changes, it's going to be an emphasis and it's going to be extremely important. And I, if anybody ever changes it, that the coach at Kansas State, they need to be fired immediately. So I don't think that's ever, ever going to happen. Having said that, got to make the extra points, got to make field goals. We got to clean that up. You know, the return game stuff will come. You know, that kind of stuff, it, it just will come. But, you know, you get into the course of the game, guys get tired on one side or another. I mean, that's how returns happen. And we put a tremendous amount of energy and effort into it. That's one of the things that we do. That's what we're known for. I go, so that stuff will come. Field goals and extra point is something different. And you can't miss those. You can't miss the easy ones. You know, the gimmies, you just can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. So we got to get that cleaned up. Um, I think we will. Don't get me wrong, but we have to make sure that that gets handled because that can cost you football games. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was I was upset for Chris. I mean, I know he missed the bowl game, and then he has has this happened to him. I think he's a good place kicker, but, boy, when you've got that job, you got to be consistent. you got yep. to be consistent. Um, and that's always been such a good, strong point of K-State football. Brian, the Big 12 goes 9-1. The lone loss being West Virginia in that rivalry game with Pitt. One that Neil Brown honestly just blew. I, I kind of um, thought it was his Paul Rhodes moment. Uh, you know, he, he made some decisions late in the game and lost a game that they should have won uh, because of it. But overall, this conference looks pretty stout. KU played a trash FCS team, but trashed them. And we know that that can be good for a building program. We've seen it at K-State, so I'm not going to fault them for scheduling it and playing it, and they got something out of it. This conference is going to be pretty salty this year. I'm I'm not looking forward to trying to get through this conference mostly unscathed. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before. I think Kansas State is one of the surpri- technically surprise teams, although they're not a surprise to me. I think they're going to be good. Just nationally, people aren't necessarily talking about them as much. But our road schedule within the conference is as tough as it gets. I mean, it's as literally as tough as it gets. So the conference as a whole is going to be good. Um, I'm excited to see the guys play, uh, you know, and, and, and have to deal with a little bit of expectation slash tough schedule. I mean, because as the season move progresses a little bit, we get a couple of wins built up here. People are going to expect us to be really good. Well, yeah. I like that. I like that. I know people try to shy away from it and say, hey, let's, you know, stay under the weeds and and surprise everybody. I'm just not a fan of always doing that. That's fine every once in a while, but it's fun to be the guy. That's fun to be the guy that people are trying to get after. They're hunting, supposedly. Uh, That's fun to be the hunted and, and to go out and then just knock people around. So I think we have to embrace that a little bit because it's like, like you said, Fitz, this, this conference 
it's good. It's just good, man. It's good. And there are some really entertaining games on the schedule for next weekend. You got Alabama at Texas. You got Houston at Texas Tech, so a future Big 12 game. Iowa State, Iowa. KU and West Virginia open Big 12 play. And then you look down here, we got Arizona State at Oklahoma State, maybe another future Big 12 game. And Baylor at BYU, a future Big 12 game. It's a really entertaining slate. I'm I'm so fired up about this conference. I can give a rat's ass about Texas and Oklahoma, but I think this conference, even without them, is going to be pretty damn good. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I know a lot of people were panicked at the beginning of the season last year and basically for you know a good six months. But then... You turn around, neither one of them were in the Big 12 championship yeah. game. Neither one of them were worthy of being in the Big 12 championship game. And it was just fine. Somehow football continued yeah. in the Big 12. They they actually had a championship game. The teams went to big-time bowl games. I mean, that literally, it actually happened. So amazing what can happen when, when you're just not beholden to Texas and OU all the time. It's amazing the kind of things that can happen. I just, I like where the conference is at. I really do. One final thought before I let you go. Um, you were in the house. Granted, I think you were in a suite, you big timer. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been the press box, which is a pretty sterile environment. But the bill was rocking. That felt like old yeah. times. And to have that kind of environment for that opening non-conference game that is typically kind of an FCS program was really cool. I know it'll be rocking for Missouri, but to have it for South Dakota, man, it was cool, wasn't it? It absolutely was. Um, I just think, I think it's people are excited. I really think that that's what it is, Fitz. I think people, first of all, you know, and I can be honest, it, this, the whole COVID thing put people in a, a bad downward, you know, kind of depressing mood. And even though we were back last year, it just sometimes it just didn't feel. Were we all the way back? Really? I know everybody was allowed in, but were we really all the way back? And now I think it's just like, you know what? We're going to do what we're going to do. Life is either going to be normal or it isn't. And we're going to go have some fun at these football games. We're going to get loud. And it was great. And it wasn't just great at K-State. It was great everywhere. But at K-State, I mean, it's near and dear to my heart. It was super loud, super loud for a first game against, you know, an FCS opponent. I mean, it was crazy. I loved it. Loved every second of it. Absolutely. It was a really good day at the Bill. Next week, it's Missouri visiting K-State. 11 a.m. kickoff at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The game is on ESPN2, so no more searching for this, the streaming channel. Brian Hanley, thank you so much. I'm glad you got back home safely. It wasn't easy. Um, traveling right now is kind of like climbing Ooh. Everest. Oh, you, you, you it's just, a nightmare. You just hope you don't <laughs> fall into a crevice never to be seen again. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, I my friend. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You bet. That is it for the first PowerCat postgame podcast of the season. We appreciate all the support from the folks at Caddyshack Golf. Make sure you go check out their website, I Am Fitz, and we will talk to you real soon with more from the Go Powercat podcasting. Thank you for listening to the Powercat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powercat podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.